0: Well, if you have your Bibles or your Westover app, I invite you to uh, join us. We're in the book of Philippians chapter number 4. We're in a series this month entitled Firewall. Gratitude guards the heart. We need to have a firewall. Protects our identity, protects our data, protects our information. But you know what? We need a firewall for our mind and our heart and gratitude is the firewall that guards the heart. Could there be something lurking in your heart you're not aware of? Could there be something lurking uh, that's unhealthy or unholy in our lives that we're not aware of? Well, sometime back, one day Denise went out grocery shopping. So she was grocery shopping and While she was gone, she did not know that I had one of those rubber masks that you put on. And it's that gruesome-looking character, you know, that has stitches on the rubber mask here and just that gruesome, ugly-looking figure. And I thought, you know, when she comes back, I'm going to be in the pantry with this rubber mask on. And when she opens the pantry, I'm going to lunge out at her. Now, disclaimer. There was no mean intention on my part. No maniacal motive whatsoever. My thinking was, what if lurking somewhere in her heart was an unholy word she's never spoken? And this would be God's opportunity to expose that unholy word That she could just get it clean and right and repent of. Because, you know, I've never heard that unholy word. But just, you know, sometimes in the deep of your heart, these things can come out. So the day, the moment came, I heard the garage door open. I heard the door from the garage to the house come in. And I heard sacks of groceries being set on the counter. I heard the refrigerator open and the refrigerator door close. Then all of a sudden I'm poised and ready to go. She opens the pantry and I just lunge out at her. She gives a blood-curdling scream in the house. But I want you to know she passed the test. She passed the test yes could there be stuff in our heart we don't know about can i tell you agitation will discover it frustration will hunt us down it will come knocking on our door and these experiences in life that we don't like will reveal what's in our heart and gratitude guards the heart this weekend i want to talk about upgrading our software upgrade the software of our heart do you know the new iphone that came out just a few days ago there's already a software update for it 15 days later they they, they worked on it for for a few years and 15 days later they have to upgrade the software do you know what in life we're always having to upgrade the software of our heart because something's hacking into us something's In intruding in our life something comes a surprise comes an issue comes and to guard the heart we have to upgrade the software of our heart in the children's book entitled alexander and his terrible horrible no good very bad day it's a children's book and this is about a little boy who just has a bad day listen to this alexander says I went to sleep with gum in my mouth and now I have gum in my hair. When I got out of bed this morning, I tripped on the skateboard. I dropped my sweater in the sink that was full of water. And I'm going to have a terrible, no good, very bad day. He goes on to tell there were lima beans for supper and I hate lima beans. There was kissing on TV and I hate kissing. My bath water was too hot. I got soap in my eyes. My marble went down the drain. I had to wear my railroad train pajamas, and I hate my railroad train pajamas. When I went to bed, Nick took the pillow back that he gave me. The Mickey Mouse light burned out. The cat didn't want to sleep with me. He wanted to sleep with Anthony. He says, I'm having a terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day. Have you ever had an adult version of that? Have you ever had an adult version where just everything comes and in those moments, what's in our heart comes out? Doesn't create it. you say, if I hadn't had a bad day, I wouldn't have spoken. I wouldn't have said that. I wouldn't have acted. I wouldn't have blown my temper. I, I, I wouldn't have acted that way. No, those moments expose what's in our heart. And I want to encourage us to upgrade the software of our heart today with gratitude. In the New Testament book of Philippians, chapter number 4, I invite you to join us. us. If you have your Westover app, you can look as well. There are several verses here, and they're going to speak to us about gratitude and how we can guard our heart. Beginning at verse number 4 in chapter 4, the New Testament says rejoice in the Lord always and I will say it again rejoice. He didn't say if you wanted to, if you felt good. You got a pay raise. No, he said rejoice in the Lord always and again I say rejoice. Let your gentleness be evident to all the Lord is dear. Do not be anxious about anything but in every situation, in every situation, it works for every one of us. It works every day of the year, in every situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving. There's where we mess up. We pray about things. We ask for God's help. We make petitions. But sometimes our prayer life is whining and complaining. The Scripture says prayer and petition with thanksgiving. Make your request known to God. Verse number 7. And the peace of God. Notice that. Peace of God, I'll come back to that, which transcends all understanding, will guard. It will guard. It will firewall your heart. It will guard. How how do you guard your heart? When you you do life through thanksgiving, it guards your heart. It firewalls your heart and minds in Christ Jesus. Then finally, brothers, verse number 8, and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, Whatever is admirable, if anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think on such things. Verse 9. And whatever you've learned and received or heard from me or seen me put into practice, he said, or excuse me, or seen in me put into practice, notice this phrase, and the God of peace. Do you notice in verse number 7, he said the peace of God, he reverses it. I'll talk about it in a moment. The God of peace will be with you i want to suggest god's word the scripture gives us three insights here on how we can upgrade the software in our life the software in our heart how that through gratitude we can guard our heart how thanksgiving allows us to guard our hearts when agitations, when you have your horrible terrible no good very bad day you can still have the joy of the lord three things i'll share with us number one i want to share with this is gratitude opens your heart gratitude opens your heart notice what he said verse number six and seven in every situation right now yeah yeah in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving with thanksgiving And then the peace of God which transcends all understanding will guard your heart. You see, gratitude, gratitude opens our heart. Hurt closes our heart. Rejection closes our heart. Uh, Distress closes our heart. Distrust closes our heart. And throughout life, we're always encountering uh, somebody's anger, distrust, rejection, insult and we live in that environment all the time and it is so easy for us to close off our heart in those times but god's word is telling us with thanksgiving we can open up with gratitude we open up our hearts my wife denise likes to watch a tv show uh, called fixer-upper and, and there's this couple, they go in and they take an old home that somebody will buy, and then they'll fix it up and they remodel it. Then all of a sudden the day comes when the purchasers see the remodel home for the first time and they roll back this big a picture of the, how the old house looked, used to look, and they go into the new house. And I've watched it a time or two with Denise and Joanne Gaines, who was a part of the house. She has one solution. It's always knock out a wall and put a window. I told Denise, I've seen it It's every time. She's going to knock out a wall and put in a window. And when they do, and then all of a sudden, here's here's the scene every time. The couple walks in, and particularly the lady, oh, I love it. It's so great. It looks so big. It looks wonderful. It looks so changed. Everything. This is a brand new house. You knocked out a wall, and you put a window. Can I tell you? That's, I wonder in our life, which wall we need to knock out or where God wants to put a window? I wonder how, how through gratitude God could enlarge our heart. Let me put it this way. Gratitude will remodel the heart. Gratitude remodels our heart. It takes it from where it is. It feels tight closed off we we have feelings we have defensiveness towards people but in a spirit of gratitude when we truly with thanksgiving then all of a sudden the peace of god guards our heart it opens up our life to see life and see our experiences so different now there's two kinds of gratitudes two kinds of gratitudes mentioned in the bible there is Short term gratitude and long term gratitude. There's two kinds of gratitude. All the things you're appreciative of, all the things you're thankful for, they will fall into one or two categories short term or long term gratitude. Short term gratitude comes from what we receive. Short term comes from what we receive. Yes. When you get an A on the final exam, you're grateful until the next test. When you get a gift, you're grateful until the next moment or it wears out or you see something else added. Because in short-term gratitude, the the gratitude is always short-lived. Because we're always looking for the new and the better. I mean, last year you got something for Christmas and you said, I'll never want anything else and there's something on your Christmas list this year. Yes, short-term gratitude, whether it's a pay raise, new car, new iPhone, new this, new that, compliment. It feels good at the time and it's always thankfulness gratitude from something received i received a compliment i received a gift somebody bought me lunch somebody did this for me it's because i receive short term guys let me help you we've heard somebody told us diamonds are forever no they're not they're just until next anniversary okay (laughs) they're not it's short-term gratitude she'll say oh it's lovely i'll never want anything else don't believe it you better get her a christmas gift you better get her an anniversary gift because it's short-term gratitude short-term is always what we receive long-term gratitude comes from what we believe from what we believe What are you talking about? It's the student that goes through four years of college and two years of grad school, works two jobs, uh, pours all the energy and time, works weekends, studying wee hours of the night going through all of that. They're so grateful that they have the opportunity to go to school. Why? Because they believe when it's done there's a purpose and a career that will fulfill them. That they will provide for them and celebrate what they're able to do in life. It's the per- the couple they're going through a time and they've been busy with kids and maybe haven't had time for each other and, and stressed out and different work schedules and not spending as much time together and in that moment perhaps the marriage gets a little cold in a little distance they still believe they were meant for each other they still believe this marriage is going to work they still believe things are going to work out and in that time it's not what they're receiving it's what they're believing and they're thankful and they stay in the marriage why because of what they believe and that's the kind of gratitude the bible tells us that we ought to have the gratitude, believing that God is going to take us through every situation. We believe God has a purpose. God is not abandoned. I can trust God. I don't like it. I wish it was different. I'm not thankful for it. I'm thankful in it. In the situation, you're not thankful for uh, a layoff. You're not thankful for having to put in 60 hours because there's a backlog of work at job. You're thankful in it. In it, God, you're going to do something great. God, you have a purpose. God, you haven't given up on me. God, you can make something good of that. That is long-term gratitude. And it's gratitude in believing, and some of us need that today. Some of us are are saying, I'm not receiving. Short-term gratitude, there will always be another new thing, and it will wear out. But the Bible tells us, That we need to live by long term gratitude by what we believe God can and will do in our life. The word gratitude, nine letters. The middle letter is the letter I. Yes. That one letter controls all the other eight letters I choose or I refuse. I can choose to be grateful or I can refuse to be grateful. I can choose to look on the good side or I can refuse and always look on the bad side. And I'm here to admonish you to upgrade the software in every situation. Even the stuff you don't like, you wish it was different, Live your life by gratitude because gratitude opens the heart. Gratitude will open up. You'll see things you didn't see before. Gratitude will give you eyes to see things you couldn't see before. And when you start seeing things you couldn't see before, you discover something what psychologists call the happiness advantage. What is the happiness advantage? It's nothing more than attitude, which brings me to point number two. Not only does gratitude open the heart, attitude improves your life. Attitude improves your life. Notice what the Scripture says in verse number four. And seven. it begins off by saying rejoice in the lord always and i will say it again rejoice just just determine i'm going to rejoice maybe this year hasn't been all you wanted it to be maybe maybe some of your expectations didn't work out you were going to go on a vacation and you couldn't go this year maybe instead of getting a big income tax return earlier on you had to pay fifty dollars instead of things working out well maybe there was a setback rejoice in the lord always and he says i will say it again rejoice and guess what happens the peace of god when you have thanksgiving when you have a right attitude it guards it firewalls your heart and your mind in christ jesus our attitude in other words let's choose to live on the upside of every downside Make it determination. It may not be what I want, but I'm going to see good in it. I'm going to see. Don't live on the downside of an upside. You know people like that? Yeah. Do you know somebody that just having a conversation with them is like a root canal? You know what I'm talking about? They can just drill down and just hit a nerve in you. They can make you mad while they're saying good morning. Have you ever noticed that? Have you ever met people like that? I mean, they can just... You you, you buy a brand new Ford truck and they say, I wouldn't own a Ford. They're a piece of junk. And you say, wow, wow. I mean, everything in life, they just see the worst of it. Do you know a good attitude has control over our circumstances? A good attitude controls uh, our circumstances. If the car breaks down, guess what? It's not in control of you. Your attitude is in control of you. You have a flight delay. The airline is not in control of you. Your attitude is in control of you. When you go to the bank lines, it's not the, it's not the person that's, that's counting out in pennies, the penny, piggy bank and taking a long time. No, it's our attitude that controls us. It's not the, it's not the difficult boss that's controlling us. It's our attitude that controls us. Our attitude controls our circumstances. Somebody may burn your beans today, but they don't control your attitude. That's right. You can determine to rise above it. Attitude improves every aspect of our life. You see, we cannot have a good day with a bad attitude. But... We can have a good attitude on a bad day. Yeah. On the worst day, on your terrible, horrible, no good, very bad day, you can have a good attitude. But you can have the best day and you have a bad attitude. Guess what? The driver is too slow in front of you. The checkout person is too slow. It annoys you that this happened. It bothers you. A bad attitude will ruin every experience of life. Married couples, there is what is called a marriage satisfaction index. Yeah. In which you take a a test, a self-evaluation of your marriage, and you determine how satisfied you are with your marriage. A marriage satisfaction index. And it asks a series of questions, and it has like one, two, three, four, five, and you circle it, and it goes from, from strongly disagree to strongly agree. Strongly disagree to strongly agree. For example, I'll have a statement like this uh, I feel very admired in this marriage. Do you strongly disagree or do you strongly agree? I feel like I can share my innermost feelings with my spouse. Do you strongly disagree or do you strongly agree? And the thing about it is, every one of those questions is attitude related. Yeah. And some of us, we were on the strongly agree, but in the last year or so, we've been in the strongly agree. Disagree. You strongly agreed at one point, but you strongly disagree now. You're saying I met him on eHarmony, but I'd like to sell him on eBay. You have gone from strongly agreeing to strongly disagreeing. Okay, you're upset. You're upset, and you know every one of those quality, every one of those qualities is an attitude. It's an attitude. Nowhere in the marriage satisfaction index question do they ask you, how much do you make? They never ask you, how new is your furniture? They never ask you, do you like your clothes? It doesn't ask you how many carrots in your diamond ring. It doesn't ask you on the last place you went on vacation. It doesn't ask you how many restaurants you eat at. It doesn't ask you any of those questions. They're all attitude questions yes and if we were to put under the microscope of CSI if we were to call CSI in and to examine examine marriages that have fallen apart CSI would say the irreconcilable difference was probably an attitude at some point in the marriage they strongly agreed but over time and attitudes they no longer were grateful for what they had and who they were married to and now they strongly disagree csi do you know the holy spirit is god's csi agent yes He is the critical spirit identifier. C-S-I. Critical spirit identifier. And the Holy Spirit knows the destructive power of criticism. The destructive power of a bad attitude and what it can do on a relationship. And then what does God say? Even if things are not what you like today, rejoice. You don't have to rejoice that you're having a tough moment in the marriage. Rejoice in the Lord, verse number four. Rejoice in the Lord. And we wrongly think, we wrongly think that behavior creates attitude. Do you know that psychology in recent years has discovered what the Bible has told us all along? Behavior does not create attitude. Attitude creates behavior. Change your attitude and behavior will line up to that. And what is God saying? Attitude improves our life. Number three. Not only does gratitude open the heart, attitude improves the life. Habitudes enlarge our potential. Habitudes. Pastor, what is habitudes? Habitudes are habits that have created attitude. That we live out our attitude in our habits. Habitudes enlarge our potential he tells us in verse number nine of our verses that we read let me read it again whatever you've learned or received or heard from me or seen in me put into practice habitude put into practice and then there's that phrase the god of peace will be with you hmm he said if you've learned it yeah some of us Isn't that good news? Verse number 9, learned it. In other words, you're not stuck where you are. You can learn to be different. Yeah, you can learn to be different. If you learned it the wrong way, you can learn it a different way. That's what the the Scripture is saying. The Holy Spirit would say to you, "You're, you're, you're not stuck in a pattern that you can't change. You can learn to be a better communicator. You can learn to be more patient. You can learn to relate better to people. You can learn to to connect with that teenager. You can learn that skill. You can learn it. But he also makes mention this in verse number nine: learned or received, or received. What does that mean? Or received? This is the idea. You didn't. You didn't learn it. it was kind of. You were kind of exposed to it. You received it. It was. It was something that was passed on to you by your family the home you were raised in let me use our 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 contemporary word for that dysfunction our dysfunction our dysfunction some of us have carried dysfunction yes we were in a home raised in a home where where anger was how the person controlled the family we had a parent that anger he he or she would spike with her anger and their voice and volume would go up and that's how they controlled or or pouting withdrawal or rejection and that's how we learned to relate and survive in a family and that's wrong you receive that but you don't have to live in that whatever you've learned or received you can change it what is he telling us here we can rise above how we've been raised you can rise above how you've been raised does it matter what you saw in the home does it matter how it experienced you you don't have to live that out now you don't have to repeat that unhealthy pattern you don't have to follow you can rise above how you've been raised that's what God is saying to you rise above how you've been raised and then he says put it into practice what does that mean well it means exactly what you think it means it's like a sports team will practice a musician will practice you, you you do it over and over and over again until it becomes your habitude and some of us we tried it once you said it i tried it once i went to one counseling session i was nice one time i said a nice thing one day i said good morning one time. i tried it one time i i, I told that teenager I, I want i want to be a better dad to you and guess what nothing changed by the end of the week the scripture says put it into practice you do it over and over again because the habitude of it, when it becomes a habit, when it's regular, when we've integrated it into who we are and enlarges our potential, it takes you to a making great life. Yes. And then he ends it in verse number nine with the phrase, and, and the God of peace. Remember that? I told you I'd come back to it. The God of peace. But in verse number seven, it was peace of God. Peace of God. God of peace. Isn't that interesting? He's, there's something being said here. There's something being said here. The apostle Paul, who wrote this book, was a lawyer by trade. He was a lawyer by trade. It's it's a rhetorical usage of language to drive a point home. It's not uncommon for a politician or a lawyer to use that in making a closing argument. A famous one in American history is ask not what your country can do for you, but ask what you can do for your country. It's a rhetorical repeating but reversing it to drive the point home. And the Apostle Paul, trained to be a lawyer, he makes no off-the-cuff glib statements. He's going to drive it home to us. What is He saying? If you will add thanksgiving to your life, be grateful. Verse number four, if you will control your attitude. Verse number nine, if you will make it a habitude. Here's the driving force. You're wanting the peace of God What you need is the God of peace. Because when you have the God of peace, you get the peace of God. That's what you get. And some of us, we're praying, God, in the conflict, God, take out the storm, God, take out the anger some of her said i was raised wrong I, I i was raised to be cynical i i close up on the inside i i, I th- who i am deep down is not the not the me i show to people i want to be different god help me to be different i need peace in my life yes but you have to have the god of peace that's what it takes then ask if you believed in god the apostle paul didn't ask you if you believed in god what he asked you is do you have the god of peace in your life and i'm going to give you that opportunity today perhaps you've just been coming to church for some time you believe deeply but never made jesus lord and savior never closed the deal never just god it's you Is your prayer life, God, just give peace, God, I believe in you, make, settle down the conflict, and there's just this undercurrent all the time, both inward and outward. The New Testament is saying you've got to have the God of peace in order to have the peace of God, and I'm going to give you that chance. In just a moment, I'm going to give an opportunity for you to know Christ as your own personal Savior. So, on the balcony and the main floor for just a moment. I'm going to invite you to close your eyes. Just allow me. Close your eyes. Now you're not seeing anyone and no one's watching you. And you have a private audience with God. You so desperately need the peace of God. But what you really need is the God of peace. And if you're willing and ready this morning to turn your life over to Jesus, the God of peace, on the count of three, when I say three, just raise your hand. And your hand going up saying, I need a making new life. I need to know Jesus. I'm going to go all the way in. I'm not going to be on the fringe. I'm going all the way in with Jesus today. I invite you to do that. Count of three. Your upraised hand is saying, I'm going all the way with God today. So here it is. The most important question probably ask you this year. Are you ready to receive Christ? One, two, three. Is that me? Yes. 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 All over this auditorium. All over this auditorium. I'm going to ask our prayer team to come right now. And our deacon and deaconess to come right now. You raised your hand. I'm going to invite you to step forward right now in this altar. In our balcony, there'll be prayer team persons positioned right in the aisle way for you to move to, and they'll pray with you. You raised your hand. You come now. We're going to pray with you. This is your moment. This is your moment. I need to know the God of peace. Thank you. Thank you. You come. You, lift, you raise your hand, come. This is your faith moment. This is your faith moment right here. This is the moment you're saying, I'm going all the way in. A prayer team person's going to pray with you. This moment has nothing to do with this church. We're not, we're not talking to you about membership. In this church, we're, we're here to introduce you to Jesus. Jesus is the one that changes the heart. And we want to pray with you. We want you to know God's presence. And the peace, the God of peace in your life today. Anyone else? You didn't raise your hand, but you know you should have. Would you come right now? Somebody will pray with you. Somebody will pray with you. Yes, sir. Somebody will pray with you. Somebody else? I, I, I need to know the God of peace. Somebody will pray with you. Just step forward right now. Anyone else? Yes, to my right. Thank you. Somebody else, come. Nothing is more important than your heart right now. Allow us to introduce Jesus to you. Allow us to share with you the God of love. Yes, ma'am, somebody will pray with you. They're still coming. There's still an opportunity for you to come. Somebody else. Somebody else. What a great thing to do this weekend is just say, God, I'm going to begin with you. Amen. The prayer team is taking a moment with these people right now and in a personal way explaining what this means, explaining how through prayer and repentance we invite Jesus into our hearts. And Jesus is the one that comes in and changes us from the inside and when we have the God of peace then we're qualified for the peace of God to begin to work in our life and for the rest of us in the room and those that are watching online let me just share with you God intends for us to live gratitude out in everything your workplace where you go to not live in short-term gratitude that you have to be receiving all the time and have a momentary experience of gratitude, but it quickly fades away, and quickly it seems like there's a longing or a need that's unmet in our life. God intends for us to have long-term gratitude, and that comes from believing. Believing that no matter what we're experiencing and walking through right now, God has a purpose. And if God didn't cause it, God can still use it. There's some things you're going through God didn't cause, but God will use it. And it may feel like in your life now it's imperfect, but God can add the perfect to it. Long-term gratitude believes that God can take where we're at and what we have and the condition of our life and make something better out of it. And I want to pray for you right now. Father, for these wonderful people that are sitting here in a part of this moment, Many have experiences in life. And what they're experiencing doesn't agree with what they believe and what they've hoped for. They're not seeing a making great life right now. But God, you have a making great life in store for them. And through this experience, you're going to do something great. It's going to introduce them to a new door. You're going to close an old old door, but open a new door for them. And I pray, Father, let us not look at circumstances or what we're receiving, but to believe that You're working in our lives. I pray for them. I pray for them on their job. I pray for them in their career path. I pray for them in their family. God, take them to to a healthy and and a happy home, and a happy home life. And I pray, God, in the name of Jesus, they will see and have confidence in Your hand working. And we, as Christ followers today, we commit ourselves. Thanksgiving is not a holiday once a year, but it's a lifestyle every day of the year. And we determine to be grateful for you, Lord, and all things from your hand. And I pray this in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen thank you for being with us. And let me say again, have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Remember, no Wednesday service this week in lieu of the holidays. God bless you. You're dismissed.